We'd like to thank BetChrisCanada.net for their support of the Hockey Betting Podcast. I'm Brian Blessing in sunny Las Vegas. And I'm Cam Stewart in cold Toronto, Canada. If you love hockey and you're in Canada, and Cam is, by the All-Star break, even if you can't stop thinking about taking a vacation someplace sunny and warm, but you don't want to miss out on any of the hockey action, Look for a Bet Chris near your next holiday destination. Bet Chris is one of the leading sports books in the Western Hemisphere with hundreds of sports betting locations throughout the Caribbean and Latin America. Watch the game at a Bet Chris location. Food and drink specials and VIP lounges are available at many Bet Chris locations. Use the promo code PODCAST when you open your Bet Chris account. Place some bets on your game and collect your cash at the window when the game is over. Bet Chris offers single bets, parlay bets, teasers, and more on pregame and live odds for hockey and all your favorite Canadian and American sports leagues. And Bet Chris offers a variety of team and player props, including futures. Bet Chris offers the best value odds on Canadian and international sports. Use the promo code PODCAST when you open up your account at a Bet Chris location. Deposit $750 or more and get up to a 40% reduced commission on your sports bets, up to minus 106 on single bets and parlay bets. That's the best juice in the biz. So, if you're planning a trip to exotic locations from the Caribbean and Mexico to Peru and almost everywhere in between, the odds are very good. There's a Bet Chris Sportsbook where you're going on holiday. For more information about visiting a Bet Chris location while you're on holiday or to listen to or subscribe to the Hockey Betting Podcast, visit BetChrisCanada.net. That's BetChrisCanada.net. Cam, you're Canadian. When you leave Canada and you're heading south, Use the promo code PODCAST. You're listening to the Hockey Betting Podcast, presented by BetChrisCanada.net. This is the Hockey Betting Preview for Thursday, September 26, 2019. And now, live from Las Vegas... The host of the Hockey Betting Podcast, Brian Blessing. Well, here we go again. Uh, My favorite sports ready to rock and roll. And we are going to cover you from the opening face-off until they hoist that big shiny silver thing at the end of the year. We're talking NHL. Brian Blessing in Las Vegas. We're fired up, ready to rock and roll with a brand new season. And we're going to call on our friend Joe from Bet Chris who's got all the numbers at his fingertips, and he knows his hockey. And we're going to dish out some opinions, and I think uh, the beauty of it, I think we'll have some fun, we'll have some agreements, we'll have some disagreements, we'll dive right in. But, Joe, we're excited. Preseason, wind this thing down. Uh, We're about a week away, but ready to get the NHL season underway. Yeah, really excited, Brian. Boy, it's been a a long four months, and uh, we're definitely ready to go. And what we last saw... And that's the beauty of this sport, I do believe, is that anybody can win this thing. Literally anybody can win the Stanley Cup. You've got Tampa Bay with a historic season, and they're golfing after four playoff games. And a team that was in disarray uh, over the holidays went out, had a couple of beers, listened to a song on a jukebox in Philadelphia, and for whatever reason, and then brought a kid goalie in. Four months later, five months later, they're sitting there hoisting the Stanley Cup. And in in this sport, an eight seed can beat a one. And that's not the case in uh, the NBA, is it? No, uh, yeah, right. Absolutely. Um, One thing we definitely didn't count on was uh, getting a big hand from Columbus last year. It was great. Yeah, that was 
I don't I don't even know how you justify that. I, I get it. They're saying you, you want to go for it. Uh, was a series win worth mortgaging the future? I mean, gutting the thing. Uh, you know, even with what they kept, it's funny. I mean, I, okay, we said anybody can win it, but the way St. Louis ran through it. But even with what they did and what they kept, I just don't think they were anywhere near close uh, to being constructed to win the whole doggone thing. And now I think they're going to pay for it for five years. Yeah, that's you know that's usually the case, and it's almost like that in every sport. You know, take take a look at the Cubs in baseball. Um, you know, it would you gotta I guess you gotta look at it and say is is the win worth? You know, they gave up uh, Glaber Torres for for Chapman, and look where that's gotten them. So, you know, it's uh, I, I guess if you haven't won one for so long, it's uh, they you just pay the price and and try to win it and go from there. Yeah. And we'll see who makes those kind of decisions when we get to the trade deadline this year. Speaking of the trade deadline, it's funny, and you can you know take issue with this. And here we are talking about, hey, okay, who do you like to win the Stanley Cup? And everybody has that kind of conversation at the beginning of the year. And I was uh, you know on a couple other platforms, and people say, well, who do you like to win the Stanley Cup? And I'm like, well, nobody. I I just don't know. And it's a market, and it's an index, and it's up there, and people do bet it. And I'm not dissuading anybody from doing it because I think you want to try if, if the one thing I would say if you were betting a Stanley Cup future you got to be looking at something in the 20 or 30 to 1 range now and then hey that team became really good so that you know come the playoffs they're 8 to 1 okay you've got the best of the number going in but even with the very best teams Joe I would say I don't want to even consider something like that until the trade deadline when you see how the team's actually constructed and what the roster actually will be uh, that will compete for the Stanley Cup in early April. No, you're right, Brian. Absolutely right. You know, you hit the nail on the head with that. Uh, St. Louis, you couldn't find St. Louis last year in December with a telescope. And uh, I want to say in January, they were, God, they were, I think, about 200 to 1 and uh, put it together. And, uh, and, and here we are talking about them. Well, I mean... And that goes both ways. If, if, if you think about what happened last year, uh, the Buffalo Sabres had a 10-game winning streak and at Thanksgiving were first overall in the NHL and then proceeded to drive off a cliff. And St. Louis, while Buffalo was first in the league, St. Louis is right around the bottom of the barrel and they turn the whole thing around and win. Uh, that's, that's the fluid nature of an NHL season. It, it is a grind. You know, I Buffalo's your team, Brian. I'm I'm just glad you didn't drive over the cliff. Oh no, it was, it was pretty <laughs> it was pretty apparent that was happening. But you know, it, in the re, in the reality of it, I I took positives in a young core being built, and then the GM is putting his own stamp on it. And they're they're an interesting team to talk about. But there are other teams that are out there where the GMs that know how to do it right. Um, sometimes you have to gut it, start over. And build, and but then I think you also look at the end of the season last year, and you find some spots uh, that they showed you signs of life, and they can carry momentum into the next year. But I will say this to you: that this has been by a mile the most bizarre off season I think in NHL history, where the restricted free agents and there were many really talented young guys, potential faces of franchises that went unsigned, and Mitch Marner finally signed with the lease. But there are still teams. They finally just got Kachuk signed up in Calgary. But the fact is, all those guys that went unsigned 
all these teams had an unbelievable amount of uncertainty in terms of their salary cup cap structure. And we're ready to start a brand new season. And the hockey trades haven't even started. We got one. Justin Falk went from Carolina uh, to St. Louis. It was, was a pretty big deal. But this whole offseason, no one knew where they stood uh, because of the salary cap. And I think there could be a lot of trades between now and Christmas, which is rare. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, and how about Winnipeg right now? Winnipeg still hasn't signed Liney or Connor. And the season's about to start. Well, Winnipeg is unbelievable. And talk about the movement there. First of all, let, let's just cut to the numbers, Chase. Uh, Winnipeg's regular season points total, uh, it, it's, it's on a plunge, right? It's on a plunge, yeah. We opened 94 and a half. We're sitting at 92 and a half right now. And uh, yeah, another, another bet or two will definitely be lower. Well, imagine this. I do a daily hockey show year-round. I mean, I mean, in August or you know, July, I'm doing a daily hockey show. This summer, we had a lot of things to talk about, so it was actually pretty cool. But the Winnipeg thing, go back two months, and we're sitting there going, man, the way this is constructed, Dustin Bufflin is going to have to play 35 minutes a night in Winnipeg. They lose three of their top four defensemen, and then at the 11th hour, Bufflin says, eh, I don't think I want to play hockey anymore. Winnipeg has no defensemen, and their two best young players are unsigned. Uh, uh, there is a big deal coming here. I, I've got a funny feeling uh, that Liney could get moved because he chirped a little bit, and they'll say all the right things. Um, and I, I honestly, I'll tell you right now, honestly, God, I, I, I've been calling this since, since June. Seriously. I think Rasmus Ristolainen goes to Winnipeg, and, and it's not going to shock me from Buffalo. I do believe there's a real chance. If it ends up being Nicholas Ellers uh, that goes, so be it. But I think there could be something blockbuster in nature where I think Liney could uh, be out of Winnipeg and maybe ends up in Buffalo. Well, I, I tell you what, that would, uh, you know, Buffalo's got firepower, but you throw him in the mix, their, their power play would be lights out. And, uh, and I like risk the Linen, but uh, I think I'd have to make that deal if I was Buffalo. Oh, yeah. Uh, it would, well, it'd be risk. Honestly, they are in such bad shape. I, I mean, the trade would have to be almost two defensemen. I, I just don't know how right. Winnipeg's fielding. Uh, I mean, they're going to be guys that are out there, guys that play in the HL, you know, or, you know, which is a terrific league. But in the West, so, you know, the real thing is, Joe, teams can play themselves right out of the playoffs uh, in October. Uh, you say, oh, yeah, well, we'll get to it. We'll do it. No, there is no getting to it. because, As in any sport, the points in October mean as much as the points in March. But when you leave yourself such a hill to climb, so many great teams have fallen just short. I'll tell you, Tampa Bay would have won the Cup two years ago. I mean, they were decimated by injury, finally got everybody back. And they came roaring back. I bet them at 40-1 to 1 to win the Cup after the trade deadline. They come all the way back, fell a point short. And, and that, that, was, that was the team that everybody said, oh, that's the team down the road. I mean, they were the team then and missed by a point. So every game matters. It really does. No, I, I agree with you. Uh, and it seems like the teams, I'm going to say, at least six weeks into the season, don't play with the same, anywhere near the sense of urgency that they play with at the end of the year. Like the, they don't think the points are as important, but uh, boy, when you're when you're you're chasing two or three teams with a with a week or two weeks to go, it's uh, then you look back at those games and say, boy, we left those points on the table. And the thing that's so amazing about about hockey, I mean, and again, you can say this about so many sports, but they just keep churning these games. You get back to back nights, and 
they, they play three, sometimes four games in a week. Um, injuries, uh, you know, in the other one, a team goes down, you know, a Canadian team goes down to uh, Florida to play Tampa and the Panthers, and then all of a sudden they come back and the team, the team has the flu. I mean, you know, <laughs> and a nice suntan. <laughs> right? I mean, there's, there's, there's five games that, you know, you, you, you take one in the head there because the whole team got sick. These are the kind of things that really do happen and have an impact. Well, you guys out in Vegas had a front row seat to that two years ago. When well, all, all the, all yeah, the teams a, came out to Vegas. Flu. Oh, yeah, it was a Vegas flu. They came out there and, uh, and Vegas destroyed everybody. Well, and the funny thing is, you know, one year to the next. See, I, the funny thing about that, the Vegas flu thing, um, I really didn't buy into that. There were, there were some teams that came in and, and went haywire. I, I know, honestly, I know Buffalo. I mean, I, I was so excited. They're coming in, and they played the worst game they played all year long. And find out, find out of course, two days later that they had the rookie dinner. And the, the rookie dinner in hockey is a big thing where, you know, th these poor kids get teed up like a Titleist, you know, have like a $20,000 dinner tab. But, I mean, it, it, believe me, it, they were all still, you know, at the dinner table and then had a, had a liquid dessert, too, you know. Um, but the first year, I thought it really did a disservice to Vegas because Vegas was really good. And, th and then people tried to manufacture things. I'll give you a quick story. Um, the least, so Vegas is murdering people in that first year. Right. So then the Leafs are coming in. And, okay, here come the Leafs. Lou Lamorello, and they make this big thing in the media of Lou Lamorello you know, teams are the Vegas flu and teams, you know, he's going to do something different and they're staying 20 miles off the strip. I and, heard uh, that. And, I blah, heard blah, that. Blah, blah, okay. All right. Well, they stayed as I sit here today, they stayed two miles from me. They stayed at Red Rock casino, right? But everybody, they, they made the big story that they're going to stay off the strip and they're going to come in and they're going to play again. The game was on New Year's Day, right? It was a Sunday afternoon game. Right. The reason they stayed at Red Rock is the team would have gone broke staying on the strip on New Year's Eve. Exactly. It would, it would have been a $500,000 tab to put the guys up for the night. So, But everybody made it, made it like this thing that they're going to avoid the Vegas flu and not stay on the strip. No, they didn't want to you know, have the bottom line go, go off a cliff. That's all it was. And, and then they went down there and, and they, they, got, they got killed too. Right. They got smoked. But they, but they tried to, they did a disservice because Vegas was a good team. The, the, they, listen, guys can get in trouble in Ottawa. <laughs> you know, I'm seriously. Right. Right. Sure. Wrong, wrong situation Saturday night. Right. Listen, I know there was a game last year that uh, Pittsburgh played in, they played the Coyotes in Phoenix. And then there were pictures going around with uh, Malkin was at Hakkasan uh, the night be they played Vegas the next afternoon, I think it was. Mm -hmm. and Malkin, they, they managed to go from, from Phoenix after the game, flew into Vegas. So they all got out to Hakkasan and then played Vegas in the afternoon, and Vegas bombed them like seven to three. The, the first year, the Bruins came in here and. They were asleep at the switch. And I can you explain this to me? Like, I think the Bruins had played in Arizona a 7 p.m. game. Right. 
the night before. Right. Yeah, and then the, that was the, the same thing that Pittsburgh did. Uh, and, and then, but then came to Vegas and played a game at four in the afternoon. How right. how how does the NHL? How is that? How is <laughs> no? How is that fair? That a team has to play a second game in less than twenty four hours, and and it, they they were asleep at the switch, and it was a boring. I think it was a two one game, and. Gary, the things you remember. I think Oscar Lindbergh maybe scored an empty netter, but but it was three one. But like Boston was barely alive, right? You know? So, but we get these kind of scheduling things. That's the beauty of the hockey season. I'll tell you, the dad's trip is the greatest angle in the history of sports betting. When you find out when dads are on a trip with these with these hockey players, uh, the records remarkable. Uh, and, and the one thing I would just ask you as a new season is about to start, and this is kind of more of a hockey hot stove kind of thing with you, and it, it's fun. I've always maintained this, and this is no knock at you or your brethren, but I always thought that hockey, and I do think in Vegas here specifically on the numbers that are hung around here, because I don't think they knew whether they were skating on ice or plastic, that the numbers are so much tighter because there's much more interest in hockey. They didn't, they didn't care. It was like 1% of the handle. You know, they were putting hockey games. Now, there, there are nights. They're talking about the Vegas opening night game against the Sharks next week. Will mirror the handle. Will mirror in this city a high-profile standalone NFL game. That's remarkable in three years that hockey has that kind of interest. Yeah, it's 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 really something. Uh, you know, even even some of the guys in the office down here aren't aren't the biggest hockey fans. And if I get them out for a playoff game at the end of the night, they go, "Boy, that was great!" Isn't that amazing? That's why I mean, I you know, again. I mean, we're telling tales today, and we'll have some real fun with you during the season when we have more more real solid information to, to be given. But I grew up in northeastern Pennsylvania, and I played baseball and football and basketball. I played everything. And my brother moved to Buffalo when I was 11, and the, you know went up, and it was the first year. In fact, here's how terrifying. The Sabres are celebrating their 50th anniversary this year, and it was their opening year, and, and he took me to a hockey game. I'll never forget it. It was like it was 10 minutes ago. They were playing St. Louis. With Gary Unger, with the flowing red hair and Red Berenson, and and I'm like, oh my god! The first hockey game I went to, I go, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's been my yeah. favorite sport since that day. It it, it had and, and like you said, you when you can finally rope people in to sit down with you and watch them, the playoffs are remarkable. There's nothing better than the Stanley Cup playoffs. These guys are out there uh, trying to kill each other. Every hit's delivered with criminal intent. And there are no passengers because you won't survive in the playoffs. It's the, it's the best thing going. Yeah, it really is. And uh, I'm, I'm with you with the memories. When I was a kid, uh, my dad took me down to the Olympia. Yeah. I saw Gary Younger Gary uh, with St. Louis and Gilbert Perot with Buffalo. And it was, uh, like I said, some of the best memories that, I, that I've ever had. For outstanding information and special offerings and promotions, we invite you and encourage you to sign up for our newsletter today simply by going to the website, betchriscanada.net. I was at the game last night, preseason game last night, and a good friend of ours, Steve Carp, he was the, the beat writer for the Golden Knights the first year, works at gaming today here in Las Vegas. And he okay. and I, and last night, we were sitting there uh, between the first and second period, and uh, we were just talking. We were just talking old time stuff. He's a, he's an Islanders fan. You know, he he grew up on the island, and we're just saying, you know, the skill set and, and what these guys do today is remarkable. There's no doubt across the board. The skill set is so much better, and I I still love it with a passion. But boy, the stuff, the memories you're talking about, and the stuff that he and I were talking about, the game was so much better. 
years ago in terms of the nightly passion and the physicality and, and you know, um, like I said, they're nuts around here. The, the fans, are, they had 17,000 for a preseason game. Can you imagine that's, that? That's, that's amazing it's insane. to me. It's insane. I mean, you know, but, but I, I just thought, the, like, when, when we watch this game, I sit up in the press box. You'll love this, Joe. I sit up in the press box, and I'll see some guy come down right wing, you know, coming in the zone, and all of a sudden the kid cuts to the middle with his head down, and the hair on my arms stand up. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, you just – and. And all of a sudden, here comes somebody from the other side, and the guy skates by him. I mean, if you, if you go if you go back 25 years, that kid makes that move. He's playing on the train tracks and gets what he deserved, and he gets knocked into the upper deck, and they don't do it anymore. Oh, Scott Scott Stevens would uh, would have had a party with that guy. Huh? Oh, amen, huh? <laughs> amen. All right, but real quick, so let's just dive in a little bit. But the Winnipeg thing, those numbers have come down. Uh, you brought up an interesting team before we went on. You're talking about, and I'm with you. I, I love seeing, you know, what the future will hold. You like Vancouver a little bit. I'll just throw a couple things at you. One, unfortunately, they finally get him signed. Ain't this always the way you get a long, long holdout. And then they get the guy signed and the Brock Besser kid comes up with a concussion and you, you hope he's okay for the beginning of the season. And the Pedersen kid is a remarkable young talent. The one thing I think is a gray area when you're betting these guys is can Pedersen survive and play 82 games? Because he was remarkable last year, but if you look cross-eyed in the mirror, he'd get hurt. Yeah, they're not, they're not big guys, and that's the thing. You know, I, uh, I'm just keeping my fingers crossed with, uh, with a cup future and a conference future and over 87 and a half points that, uh, that the two of them stay healthy. I th- I, everything, ar- everything around them looks great. What do you have Arizona at? Uh, we're using uh, eighty and up to ninety and a half. Okay, open eighty nine and a half. Okay, because the funny thing is, I think Vancouver and Arizona are cut from the same cloth. They're close in, term, in terms of they're heading the, the right way. Yeah, I, I would give Arizona the slight edge though, because I think they've got enough. And it's not because of Kessel. I think Oliver. Yeah, I'm, not, Larson, I'm, not love, and, I'm not in love with Kessel. Yeah, I'm not. A, yeah, I'm not. But he, you know, it, it, the funny thing is, though, you know, in in a short dose, or he'll he'll wear thin there at the end of a year. But I, I think right. he will make an impact. I like their goaltending. I don't. I don't think with Kemper and Ranta. I think you got some decent goaltending, and I think there's a little more veteran leadership in Arizona that I would give them the slightest edge uh, over Vancouver. And I I actually think Arizona can can sneak in as an eight seed. I'm, I'm just the opposite, Brian. I, I like the Canucks goaltending. Markstrom and uh, Demko. I think, I, honestly, I think that's as good as anything in the NHL one, too. Oh, listen. I'm, did you bet them? Yes. Oh, see, I don't want to root against <laughs> you. No, no, I'm just, I'm saying, it is, it is my worst nightmare is that Vancouver plays in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I got to watch Markstrom with that goalie mask with those ears. I, I swear no, he's to God. Got new, I, he's got a oh new my, one now. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I mean, I swear to God, I'm watching a hockey game, and I'm like, I, I, like when, did, when did Planet of the Apes come on? <laughs> I, I, I can't watch a hockey game with that mask. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Uh, the new one's nice. Turquoise, blue, and green, it's nice. Well, all right, then I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But those, those I mean, literally, he was scaring children at hockey games. 
<laughs> <What's that? Yeah. laughs> oh my I don't Lord. know what to say right now. Oh God. All right, Calgary comes out of nowhere, puts up 107 points. Uh, I'm not saying flash in the pan, but that's a pretty juicy number. Do they come back and do that again? I I don't think they win the division this year. No, I don't think so either. I'm 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 thinking uh definitely Vegas has got to be the favorite and I, I guess they're the second favorite. It's uh it's close. Um yeah, I don't I don't see anything in the mid one you know, one oh five any nothing in that range. Maybe maybe high nineties if, if they if they if they have a really good uh back to back year. All right, I, I'm gonna throw one at you. I thought this was oh by the way, I never finished the damn sentence before. That in terms of why hockey's great, because I for years would watch a backup goalie's gonna play. I, I'll never real quick, I never forget I had just moved out here and uh buddy of mine calls me from Buffalo morning skate. They're playing uh, Ottawa and uh, I think Ryan Miller and uh, Patrick Laleem were the starting goaltenders. Okay. And uh, my buddy calls me, Hey, the morning skate, uh, send just one off the ice. Laleem's not playing. I can't even remember who the backup was. I go, okay, the total in the game's five and a half. He goes, yeah, Laleem, Laleem, uh, Laleem wasn't in the morning skate. Oh, okay. Thanks pal. Yeah. Calls me back. 40 minutes later, hey, the Sabres just got off the ice. Miller's not playing. Marty Baron's playing. Oh, okay, man, right. thanks. Total's right. five and a half. It didn't move 10 cents. 10 cents to the over. It, it, you know, it's like 10-4, final score 10-4. You know, I, I, think, I think that the odds makers do a much better job now than they did in the not-too-distant uh, past. Yeah, Twitter, Twitter's got a lot to do with that. We, uh, we, we get you know, most of our information through that and, uh, through the beat writers and stuff. And, uh, it, it makes a difference. Listen, I used to, uh, I lived in Vegas in the early nineties and I always used to say, how can, if they're listing pitchers, how can goalies not be listed? I mean, just generally speaking, and not that a backup goalie can't be, you know, really good, but I mean, generally speaking, if the guy's the backup and you know, he's playing the other guys playing, 55 games and this guy's playing 27 games shouldn't there almost be an automatic it's worth 20 or 30 cents to the total or the oh, side absolutely not you're going to get a front row seat to that i think in vegas this year i mean there's just going to be a huge drop from from flurry to suban oh there's no doubt and, and, yeah. and, and honestly that and he, he was indifferent last night that poor kid by the way is held to such an unfair Standard. I, I think he's a decent goalie. He's not a goalie of the future or a number one. But this flurry guy is so unbelievable. He is. So I, honestly, I had a five minute uh, conversation with him the other day, and he he's just he's the most lovable guy. He's he in he could run for mayor in the city. And this poor kid comes in and and they lose three one and be oh that's so bad. And I'm sitting there going, did you watch the game? Yeah, I, the first the first goal the the defenseman pinched for Vegas, and uh, they came in. God, I, it was two on one. I think it might have turned into a three on two, oh. but uh, but he didn't he didn't he didn't have a shot on that. Of on course that. not. But but right. people say, oh well, Flurry didn't play, and then Subban Subban. I go, did you watch the game? If it weren't for Subban, they'd have lost six one. The team doesn't right. play good in front of them. They play like right. lunatics they, in front of Flurry. Right, they um, played terrible last night. So. Uh, Winnipeg, we just talked about this. They, they, they've been decimated by injury. So you see a team like that, and you're like, man, I don't get it. Uh, you know, and, and 
I, I got to believe that number comes down even more. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm not really sure what, I mean, if they could get Liney sign and get, uh, get Connor going and, you know, between him and them and Wheeler and, uh, and Shifley. And, uh, I mean, they've got some good players, but keeping the puck out of their nets, it looks like it's going to be the trouble. All right. We get, we had a friend, we got a friendly side bet on what Chicago, right? That's what yep. we, where it was our friendly. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll throw one at you. I think the worst number that's on the board is San Jose. Uh, are you at 94 and a half? Is that yeah, the, I, that's okay. right? Yep. That's the, uh, to me, that's the worst number on the board. Listen, uh, these guys, Vegas, San Jose, Calgary are a cut above. And last year was an anomaly. I think that where the cutoff is usually 95 in either conference to make the playoffs, but the right. disparity from good to bad last year with the Kings, the Oilers and the ducks, uh, who were a train wreck. Right. Everybody got extra points. Now those three teams aren't going to be any great shakes again. I think Edmonton will be slightly. I think they, well, they can't be any worse. Let's put it that way. So more points were to be had last year. So if if you go back to the norm that ninety five is the cutoff to make the playoffs, so what? The Sharks lost Pavelski. I you know every night you're sending Burns and Eric Carlson out there, and I'm not you know you say anything you want to say about Martin Jones when you get to the playoffs, but during the course of the regular season, and don't kid yourself. The, the LeBlancs and Don Scoys and these guys, the, the kids they got are ready to take it to the next level. And Couture is a terrific player. In their sleep, San Jose's making the playoffs, and that number's 94 and a half. They had 101 last year with, yeah, with, with Carlson missing, what, 15 games, 20 games? Yeah. I, had, I, I myself had over 101 and a half. Oh, and no. I think, were, <laughs> I think they were 2 8 and 1 their last 11. Yeah. <laughs> when they were red, when they were, you know, and you know what happened there? Calgary had basically pulled away. Right. So San Jose and Vegas were on a collision course to play. Right. And, and nothing then, to play for. But then Vegas, Flurry got hurt and Flurry missed nine games. So right. San Jose basically sat in second with no way to improve or fall. Right. And Carlson was hurt. They just rested everybody. Right. That, that's a good point. Boy, that's a good point, Brian. And, and like you said, arguably with Carlson and, uh, and Burns, you got two of the best five defensemen in the NHL still. The funny thing is I say that uh, on my daily radio show here in Vegas. People want to put knitting needles in my eyeballs. They hate the Sharks here. And I'm like, that's the, <laughs> gift. I said, that's the gift from the gods. I mean, well, no, they're going to, no, they're going to, I said, no, they're not going to lose. I said, you can hate them all you want, but you're letting your heart get in the way of, uh, you know, low hanging fruit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Uh, anyway, in the East, Tampa, Boston, Toronto, right? I mean, juggernaut city again, one would think, but very intriguing um, to see Montreal, Florida and Buffalo. Uh, that I think are on the improve and who could make some noise. And then, you know, what do you do? Ovechkin and Crosby, they're hard-pressed, I think, to miss the playoffs. I think the Islanders drop like a rock, and I don't know that Carolina can sustain the little magical thing they had last year. That that seems a, that seemed to touch on the phony side to me. No, I, no I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to disagree with that, Brian. I think Carolina will be good. Um Washington to me, their, their power play looks as good as as any. They just there's they play so well together. They always they know where everybody's going to be, and uh, 
they move the puck as quick as you could move it. And uh, no, I like the Capitals. It's too late. I'd throw a prop idea at odds makers. Like, hate this. Or, yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Yeah, shut up. It's like, you know, yeah, here's a prop idea. Uh, but when it, Rangers and Devils, you got them pretty within a point of each other. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to lean more towards the Devils between those, uh, between See, those two. That, I, that'd be I, I like, prop. I like, I, I like Panarin and I get the Caco thing. And, uh, but, uh, no, I'm going to, I'm going to lean, uh, I'm going to lean more towards the Devils there. That would have been a great prop. Seriously. Um, head to head, who will have more points? Sure. The, the Rangers or the Devils. Idea. I think it would have been a great prop uh, because I think you're, you're, you know, the Devils made all the splashy moves. I mean, obviously, the Rangers get the Capocaco kid, but you get Panarin in there. They get Truba in there. Right. I, to me, and I'm, I'm with you, I mean, uh, maybe deeper up uh, uh, in the skating war, New Jersey's a bit deeper, but man, at the end of the day, I think the Georgiev kid can play. And if Lundqvist is, yes. if Lundqvist, you know, you, you now you you're playing Lundqvist twenty five games and not fifty. I think he can be really effective. I, I, there are nights Corey Schneider can't stop a medicine ball. I think I think the Rangers have have better goalie. Right, right. No, I can't disagree with that. But I mean, those are the kind of things that's. And by the way, I saw uh, uh, there's some really cool props out there. I had never seen this one, and it's a monster. Uh, will a U.S. team or a Canadian team win the cup? And the U.S. team's minus seven fifty. You got to go back to nineteen ninety three for a Canadian team to hoist the Stanley Cup. That that is borderline remarkable. Yeah, it's really something. And uh, yeah, old, old Gary Bettman. I think it was probably what twenty twenty five years ago. I don't know if you remember. Wanted to move all the teams out of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> one of well, the small reasons one of the small reasons he gets booed when he hands a cup yeah, out every year <laughs> you know you kind of reap what you sow and and i have i have so many really good friends and i i'm not going to alienate our canadian people that listen <laughs> listen to this podcast I, no no I no i'm I, like i'm but, the opposite i mean how, how could you ever do that but i think oh, the no. thing was is, is that the canadian the canadian currency was so bad and they were just having a hard time you know, making making uh, making ends meet uh, with all the teams up oh, there. Oh, I, I, I get I, that. I, think, I guess he dollar. thought. I guess he thought that was a good idea, but uh, yeah, no, it wasn't. My but, eyes couldn't have been a worse one. But I, I love the prop though, because the angst uh, in in what's going on there as a long suffering, you know, uh, Bills and Sabers fans, they, they're they're drooling, dying on the vine that they haven't won a cup since '93. I believe me, I know what droughts are all about. But the the funny thing is. Uh, the kid, the Canadian hockey fan. I'm sorry, it it really rubs me the wrong way that you're a Flames fan, and all of a sudden, uh, yo, they're playing great. They had a great series, and oh, they lose in overtime at Game Seven. Uh, all of a sudden, now okay, Flames are out. Now they're a Leafs fan. Oh wait a minute, <laughs> uh, wait, what what just happened here? Now now they're now they're a Leafs. Oh, up Leafs lost in seven to the Bruins. Now they're out, and you know, and then it gets whittled down, and then at at the end of the day. Uh, you know, you got St. Louis and Boston playing for the cup, and you go, oh, that defender from the Blues from Mississauga. I won the cup. <laughs> like, shut up. I, I mean, how do you, you can't have, you, uh, you can't have it that way. Right, right. I mean, who, who's really got a shot up there? I guess Toronto and Calgary, right? I, that's, that's really all there is. Uh, the, that Toronto window is right now. Uh, and, 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 you know, they got a good, good young core, but I can final question. We could do this all day, Joe. I'm, I'm sure you got work to do, but 
Can you win with three guys making more than $11 million in, in this salary cap era? I mean, three terrific players, Tavares, Marner, Matthews, and then Nylander's making seven. Right. So it's got to be I mean, 40 four guys the four are 50% of, them. of your cap. Yeah. I, I, I got I to see it to believe it. I, I don't think you can. Well, uh, listen, we're just off to the races. Obviously, we're hockey nut bars, and, and we love talking about this, but we think there's some really good opportunities on the wagering board. We'll dive in uh, to these numbers as the season gets rocking and rolling, and we'll have some great fun. Joe, really appreciate your time. Uh, let's have a fun hockey season. We'll do it again soon. Great, Brian. Sounds great. Thank you. Our friend Joe from Bed. Chris, we love talking hockey. You've been listening to the Hockey Betting Podcast, presented by BetChrisCanada.net. For outstanding information and special offerings and promotions, we invite you and encourage you to sign up for our newsletter today simply by going to the website, BetChrisCanada.net. The handicapping and sports odds information contained on this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Please confirm the wagering regulations in your jurisdiction as they vary from state to state, province to province, and country to country. Using this information to contravene any law or statute is prohibited. The podcast is not associated with, nor is it endorsed by any professional or collegiate league, association, or team. This podcast does not target and is not intended for an audience under the age of 18. If you think that you have a gambling addiction, stop this podcast now and please seek help. Gambling and betting on sports is a form of entertainment and should be about having a good time. But when done excessively, it may negatively affect other areas of a person's life, such as their physical and mental health, school or work performance, finances, and or interpersonal relationships. At BetChrisCanada.net and the Hockey Betting Podcast, we're concerned about the addiction that gambling may cause. And for this reason, we encourage everyone to practice responsible gambling an approach to gambling that helps you ensure that it remains an enjoyable activity. Here are the main principles of responsible gambling. Don't think of gambling as a way to make money. Always gamble with money that you can afford to lose. Set limits and stick to them. Never chase losses. Don't gamble when you're depressed or upset and create a healthy balance. Always be aware of how much time you spend gambling or thinking about gambling. And do not allow gambling to cause you to miss out on time with family and friends or time spent on other activities you enjoy. By following these guidelines, gambling can be a good time and great entertainment. If you feel at any time that your gambling is taking away from important areas of your life, is causing you stress or depression, or is leading to financial losses that are beyond your control, please reach out for help. Learn more at ResponsibleGambling.org.